By staying home, you can not only protect your health and that of those around you, but ensure that our healthcare professionals and our healthcare systems can focus on those who need their help. Hello and welcome to Corona Movie Club, my entertainment world's answer to social isolation. Um, so we have a schedule of movies and we're all going to watch them independently in our own socially isolated homes and then three times a week we're going to get together over the internet and talk about them just like your mom's old book club used to do. Um, except now there's nothing old about it because it's all over the internet and we're all social isolating so that we don't help spread the coronavirus around the universe. Um, so we have people from all over North America who are participating and there's going to be different people on each call from the uh, core group. And so every episode, I'm going to come in and introduce the film that we're going to be watching, as well as the names of the people that are going to be on that week's call or that episode's call, because we're going to be doing this three times a week. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy. Let's go to the movies. It's something to do. Today's movie is The Natural, a 1984 sports film starring Robert Redford um, about baseball. I, watching, they're looking at the description of this film, was 100% sure I was going to love it. I thought I was going to sob. Um, I love sports movies. I love baseball. I love Robert Redford. Um, you know, it was okay. <laughs> it was nominated for four Oscars, which is one of those weird realities that, like, a sports film like this probably wouldn't be nominated for Oscars this year. But, you know, the 80s were weird, and Robert Redford, I guess. Um, yeah, it's a it's an interesting film. It's The ages are very distracting, um, because he ages quite a bit. It starts when he's, I think, 18, and then it goes um, over quite a couple of decades. Um, and then even the oldest that the character gets, Robert Redford, was then again even older than that. And so it was sort of an odd thing um, to watch. I don't know. It's based on a novel. It's fine. I really thought I was going to love it, and I think that hurt it a little bit. I think if I did lower expectations, I might have liked it more. But um, let us know what you think uh, at my end world on Twitter, and uh, go watch The Natural. It's a nice, it's a nice time. You know, it's sweet. Should we talk about this movie? Okay. Uh, oh, I was hoping there'd be more people here because I don't have a ton to say about it because I didn't love it and I didn't pay much attention, but I did watch it start to finish and kind of had the Wikipedia article out the whole time to fill in the gaps. I literally did exactly that. Oh, like, really? Okay. Literally that. I had, I had like the plot synopsis up because I kept, it was so long and so boring that I just kept zoning yeah. out and I was like casting King John while I was doing it. <laughs> no, and I, I do that with every movie to varying degrees. I always have something distracting me and it used to bother me that that was a thing I did, but it's also kind of, for me, an indication of how engaging I find the movie. Is the movie more engaging than whatever is on my phone? Mm. If so, then I'll watch it. And that's horrible. And I know as one who has a film degree, I should give every movie but my full attention. But also, it doesn't get the privilege of my attention if it doesn't merit it. And like kind of the opposite of that, last week when I was re-watching Matilda, I was like, okay, yeah, I don't have to pay attention to this. I've seen this movie a ton of times. I know what's up. But then I like actively wanted to just watch it and enjoy it. And I feel like if a movie doesn't naturally have that feeling, then 
it deserves, as Mark Zuckerberg says in the social network, like the bare minimum of my attention. I agree with that. I do, I, I'm a big believer in like every piece of art has some sort of merit to it, mm -hmm. um, even if it's not my thing. Uh, I do not do a good job on this particular podcast of <laughs> uh, representing that viewpoint because <laughs> I get really angry um, when I don't like something and I feel that it has taken my time <laughs> and then I just rant, um, especially something that like, I don't understand. Oftentimes things I don't like are things other people like a whole bunch. Mm. And then I get really like, but why about it? Um, and feel the need to argue all of the points against it. Because I also think that people know the points for it. So I don't have the responsibility yeah, that's true. to point out, um, the things that are good about it though i can always see them and uh i do it's one of the reasons i don't watch a lot of movies at home i like i'm a very big usually not right now i'm, I'm a very big movie theater person i go to mm -hmm. movies a lot um and so that's kind of why there's such a gap in my film knowledge though is because there's a lot of movies you can only watch at home because they're not true in the theaters um so but because yeah it's an attention span thing like I really think I probably would have, I mean, maybe I still wouldn't have liked it, but something like The Irishman, like mm -hmm. how, how on earth am I supposed to watch that if I have the ability to pause it and switch <laughs> over to whatever else is on Netflix or look sure. at my phone or anything like that. But in the theater, I'm able to like sit and focus and I turn my phone off and I, it forces me to be open-minded about things that I get grumpy about how much they're demanding my attention if there's something else that could be getting my attention in that moment which is why I value theaters. Um, yeah. They force you to give things the time that they need in order to find what's good about them. This movie, definitely, <laughs> if I'd seen it in a theater, I might've been able to find more to it, but watching it in my living room while casting King John and checking my Instagram, <laughs> um, yeah. mostly felt that it was long uh, and super cheesy. And yes. everyone was too old for their parts. And yeah, how was Paul, writers how, know anything how about Paul Newman? How is um, Paul Newman in this movie? Robert Redford. Or is it Robert Redford? Uh, same person. Was, yeah. Yeah. I don't think Paul Newman's in it. But Robert Redford. No, nah, in my brain they're the same. But yeah, Robert. Was 48. Playing a 35-year-old. But then also in some scenes playing an 18-year-old. <laughs> and it was just one of those. It was... TriStar's first movie, and I feel like they were just like, get the biggest star we can get, even if it's totally ridiculous that he's playing his part. And so, yeah, it, it was just, nothing about it was believable. They didn't have any baseball, like, nothing about it. And maybe my knowledge of baseball is too based on, like, current what baseball is now. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, you, you're not a star pitcher and a star batter. It's just not a thing. Um, right, that was yeah. weird. And he like jumped right to the majors. Why? How? There was, nothing made any sense at all. No, at all. and I went into this expecting to not like it because I don't know or care about any sports really. But like a really well-made movie about sports, I assumed and figured that I would be able to enjoy it just based on like the themes of determination or teamwork or sportsmanship, none of which was really examined here. And first of all, yeah, I couldn't get over how ridiculously old he was, which in no way benefited the story or 
served any purpose. And the thing that really annoyed me about the movie was the kind of sort of alluded at magical realism that wasn't really a thing, but kind of was. It's like, oh, the tree was struck by lightning and now he has this magic bat that enables him to play both parts really well. But, oh, he got shot in the stomach and oh, there's a bullet and it's been there for however many years. And But at the end, the, the magic bat dies and then there's a second magic bat that like represents him entering a new chapter of his life as like a father figure instead of a son figure. Maybe it was a little too... Uh, kind of I don't want to say biblical but it had that very holier than thou feeling to it which is kind of what I expect from sports movies that I don't want them to shove down my throat and this one did where it's like he's the chosen one he can play the sport incredibly well let's play this heavenly music every time he picks up the stupid fucking bat yeah yeah yeah, I didn't, I, I had a hard time with it for all of those reasons. I also, like, I really do believe that sports movies can be really good whether or not you like the sport. Oh, yeah. um, like, one of my favorite movies of all time is D3 The Mighty Ducks, the third one. Ooh, okay. um, I couldn't care less about hockey. I don't, I don't hockey. Um, mm-hmm. I only baseball. But for some reason, D3 The Mighty Ducks, I think it's an amazing movie. Um, and, you know, that happens with a lot of, you know, obviously Friday Night Lights. I don't care about football, but Friday Night Lights is so beautifully told. So I do think that, like, sports narratives, and especially baseball, there's so much, like, storytelling value and, like, thematic metaphorical value in mm-hmm. realities of baseball that I won't get into now. But, like, just more than other sports, I think that there's a lot of storytelling value in there. And none of it really is touched on in this movie. Um, I actually think one of the fundamental things about baseball is something they fundamentally get wrong in this movie, which is like one of the things I love is the idea of like, it's a true team sport. Like one person, one star player cannot win you a baseball game. It's just literally impossible based on the structure of the game. Um, You know, your, your star player comes up to bat one out of every nine and the best hitters in the world strike out two out of three times. And your pitcher, your, your pitcher, is not doesn't well in the national league well who knows but like you know unless you have someone who's a star pitcher who's going to pitch a perfect game and then get up um and if you do if you're not if you're playing without dh and then they get up and hit a home run that's the only way to win a baseball game by yourself and even then you've got your other teammates are catching the ball and like getting those outs for you so it's literally impossible and then so the idea of like one star player making or breaking a team is just not a thing in baseball the way it is in say basketball and that was what this movie was about it was just like we've got this one big star and he's making all the difference I'm like no that that's like the fundamental thing about baseball is how much of a team sport it is um and how much of a marathon it is is the other thing which like and they would turn things around by going on like a three-game winning streak and I'm like no no that's not that's not baseball you can do that in football. You can't do that in baseball. So like, it just, I feel like they didn't understand the sport they were talking about. And that made me sad. Oh, that's infuriating. Like, yeah. If I understood baseball, that probably would have annoyed me a lot. Yeah. And it's not like the minutia of the, the rules and stuff. Cause I don't care about that kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. my favorite baseball movie is honest to God, angels in the outfield, which like if I was Good. in a pick for uh, like details of gameplay, that's not, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> there's angels in that movie <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but 
it's the it's the theme of baseball and the the tone of it and the way like the structure of the season and things like that that you have to understand and while yes i understand this was like old-timey baseball and the game is different now there are fundamentals of what baseball is that are the same and i don't i just it was it shouldn't have been baseball it should have been like a basketball movie or something i don't know yeah it was so long. And it was, it so, was long. so long. I also, I didn't understand how falling through a wall killed that guy. Yeah, no, that was, that was. That's not, that's not, that's not how people die. Especially because like, if, if falling through the outfield wall could kill someone, they need to change the substance <laughs> the they're using that they're building the wall out of. Cause like mm-hmm. running out of fly ball is fundamental to the game. Again, like, come on guys. It just, it makes, no, none of it made any sense. That, also, like, oh, and, he have survived that gunshot because no one was there to find him. Yeah. And I didn't understand how that was incriminating to his character when he was victimized by this woman who shot him and then killed herself, unless that was something I missed. That I think was them but... trying to suggest that, like, he somehow pushed her out the window or something, like, it happened differently, or, like, what was he doing there with her? I don't know. Oh. Like, that was like none of the plot points made sense like no, nothing no. i didn't care about glenn close i didn't care about kim basinger i didn't care about like it's just, i just what is yeah. this movie and it was nominated for a bunch of oscars which is probably why i'm so mad to like i can deal with a mediocre movie but a yeah. mediocre movie that's like supposed to be a great movie um, yeah and it, i feel like in the 80s they just didn't they kind of forgot how to make good movies for a little bit <laughs> So they were coming out of the 70s where movies were, like, incredible. But, yeah. The 80s, I think, just, it was a very sentimental time for filmmaking, but, like, not in a good way, which this movie brilliantly displayed. Yeah. Yeah, it, I just, oh, I really wanted to like it. I love Robert Redford, and I love baseball. Oh, I do, too. And I, I love, love sports Robert. movies. Yeah. You he, love he's in my favorite episode. Uh, he's in my favorite episode of The Twilight Zone. Robert Redford is. Okay. Yes. Yes, That's it's one of his first things movie. he ever did. I mean, I'm sure he's been in other things as well, but like that Twilight Zone episode, is so good. <laughs> it's called Nothing in the Dark. It's going to play at my funeral. You'll see. I mean, oh, I haven't God. written a will yet, but like I imagine that in however many years' time, whenever I whenever I die, I'm going to force everyone who cared enough about me to be at the funeral to watch this amazing Twilight Zone meditation on life and death starring Robert Redford and some very renowned older actress who was like in her 60s or 70s when he was like 19 or 20. So she's she's long gone now, but she left her mark through this Twilight Zone episode. Okay. Yeah. That's a plan if ever I heard one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Redford, so good, but not in this. It was kind of, it reminded me of when I had to sit through Hugh Jackman in The Greatest Showman and the whole time I was thinking you're way too old to be this character and like anything that could be chalked up to life experience at the age you're supposed to be relevant because you are very visually not that age and you do not carry yourself as someone of that age. And so this story is losing so much right now. Also, I just didn't like Greatest Showman. But See, no, I for love other Greatest reasons. Showman, but I agree with you. I, I I find, I mean, that was one of those ones where, like, he made the movie. Maybe Robert Redford made this movie? I don't know. Like, he made, he produced it. But, um, 
yeah, it, it does. It, it bothers me a lot when people are the wrong age. Um, it just takes you right out of it, especially when the character like makes silly mistakes or something like that. Like a really old mm-hmm. Romeo drives me bananas because I'm just like, you should know better. Yeah. Look at the young one. Eh, whatever. He's fine. <laughs> he's a silly guy. Fine. Um, yeah, it just, I do, I do think, yeah, especially because like this movie, it's a thing that he's 35 and maybe they, I don't know, it's hard to tell if they did it on purpose where they were like, if we cast a 35 year old, the audience won't fully understand that that's really, really old in baseball. <laughs> but then I feel like if the whole point is, and like, I, they already want me to believe he has a magic bat from a lightning tree. Like, I would just, I would have preferred that they made him closer to the age he is, like a 40 year old which would still be ridiculous, but like he would at least look the right age and the same movie could have played out for the most part. I think it would have had more emotional relevance, the whole issue, like sort of interesting subplot that never really came to fruition about his relationship with Glenn Close and like, oh, it's too late for me to be a father, like which would be applicable if he was more like in his pushing 40s and then he like gets to fulfill the father role either by... Uh, like pseudo adopting her son, or do they have a kid at the end? I stopped paying attention. Wikipedia oh, said no, that the last shot his, is them playing catch with his son, like oh, okay. from when he were when they were together. Oh, and then yeah, because she comes in, she's like, his father lives in New York. Oh, that was him. And, yeah. Oh. And then it's supposed to be like a big reveal at the end where she's talking to the usher and she's like, pass him this note saying your son is here to see you play ball. And like, Oh, I, yeah. I gave up on the movie by that point, but okay. Well, yeah. even still, he should have been older in the movie if they were going to go with Redford, which they did. And the movie could have, it would have even, I think helped it if he wasn't 35, if he was in fact, whatever, 40 something, something. Yeah. 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 I think 48 was what, what my research told me. Actually was. Yeah. It, it just bothers. I do think there's there's a part of me that thinks it was just like this is the age our star is, and he's the best star we could, like we wanted him, and so we didn't care that he was too old. And then part of me thinks that um, it was that someone in some boardroom somewhere said that the audience wouldn't understand how a 35 year old is too old because he's not that's not that old of a person, and right. if they didn't know enough about baseball, they wouldn't you know connect those dots really. But I actually think that's kind of the point like the idea of being someone who's too old to follow their dream but they're not actually an old person but it's mm. there's like a sadness to that like yeah you know like it's just not gonna happen but you still have your whole life ahead of you and like what do you do with the rest of that time it's, it's sadder mm-hmm. if he's young um or like 35 i think it, as young still but mm-hmm. for baseball it's not and i think that's really that's more interesting but also this movie wasn't really interested in more interesting which was disappointing um yeah the right there was a lot of like yeah the magical realism like every time he hit the ball in some dramatic way it was like destroyed something (laughs) every time yeah why don't you just aim Uh, or try hitting for average one thing i did like is that his first big hit or his first hit at all wasn't a home run it was a triple which i appreciate because i like the idea that's a very baseball thing of like you are accomplishing something huge for yourself by batting in somebody else's run. Like he didn't score. He facilitated other people scoring. Oh, okay. Nice baseball thing. Um, and in a lot of movies, um, 
simplify that and they're just like, oh, and he hit a home run. Because in a home run, you personally are scoring the Going point. Around. Right. Whereas in a, if you're in real small ball baseball, you're hitting the ball and you're facilitating somebody else coming in and completing their circle to uh, oh, okay. point, if you will, the, the, the run. Um, and I think yeah, it's a nice thing. So I do like that it was a triple, which is still ridiculous. Like people don't really hit triples a lot, but um, I liked that it wasn't a home run at least. Yeah, but it's okay. Still silly. Like he destroyed the ball and then he destroyed the lights and he destroyed, like it's just everything's this big dramatic. Who knows? Um, yeah, too dramatic. Far too dramatic. Yeah. Uh, and I just didn't, I don't know. I really wanted to like it. I love baseball. I love sports movies and I love baseball and I love Redford and I just, it's too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen the Dennis Quaid one that seems to me to be extremely similar, but I don't, couldn't tell you. If it's no, but the whole time I was thinking this feels like, uh, I think it's called the rookie. This feels like the very little that I know about the rookie with Dennis Quaid. Yeah. All I know is that he's a old pitcher. Yeah, I know he's a baseball, uh, or he's a gym teacher at a high school, and then his, like, kids or students or something push him to apply for, like, tryouts for a big team, and then he gets it. And apparently that's based on a true story, versus I don't think this was, or maybe this was. This know. is based on a book, oh, which okay. I don't think is a true story, but I don't know. It can't be. I mean, this isn't a true This is insane. <laughs> this is yes, not no. a true story. Like... <laughs> Which I used that baseball time to watch Field of Dreams finally. Um, see now, Field of Dreams. Have you? Have, so you still haven't seen Field of Dreams? I've seen like the first forty-five minutes. I remember there was a point when, like, well, there was one thing that kind of annoyed me, like when the field first came to life or something, or there was a like a tunnel light in the middle of the night, and then the like baseball players come out of the field, and the wife is just very nonchalantly like. Well, you talk to them and I'll make some coffee. I'm like, what? That's your that's your reaction? <laughs> and I think that was when it kind of lost me and I didn't care anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've seen Field of Dreams once. It, I was not paying quite enough attention or retaining enough information to like definitively say that I don't like Field of Dreams. Although at the time, I remember feeling very similarly as I feel right now about The Natural. Um, I think they're very similar movies. They're like the magic of baseball and love. And it's like, you know, there's ghosts and it's very like the father-son story. And I'm like, well, I don't care about the father-son story. I just don't. So I don't know. Yeah, like I'd be more open to it with Field of Dreams because I don't think Field of Dreams is trying to hide the fact that it is. Like you do have to suspend your disbelief a little bit and like let yourself be open to a certain level of sappiness related to sports nostalgia memory etc etc whereas this didn't it was not that and i think that's another reason i wasn't into it the only baseball movie i think that i really like is the sandlot sandlot is a good movie i weirdly have never seen the sandlot oh sandlot's really good that's more of like a stephen king well probably stephen king is the wrong reference but the way that i've said before that stephen king handles like childhood relationships and nostalgia really well it's like that pretty mm-hmm. much and so just about baseball like bringing together all the kids over the summer like back in the 60s so it's kind of a period piece movie and even if you've never played sports as a kid which i did not it still feels like i think everyone's childhood in certain 
ways just because of the relationships mostly and yeah everything you were saying about baseball being a team sport plays really nicely into the sandlot yeah sandlot's a good movie yeah it's just one that kind of slipped through the cracks for me like it's one of those ones that if your parents didn't show it to you you kind of missed it and i don't know um yeah i do i do know the the quote you're killing me smalls though and i find that very useful in life (laughs) Well, New Small is a good one, even though I feel like such a fraud because I haven't seen the movies. You really shouldn't be quoting things that you haven't seen. Disingenuous. But I do like You're Killing Me Smalls. Uh, I I really do. I think Angels in the Outfield is the true masterpiece of the genre. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. It's such a good cast. There's so many like future Oscar winners in the outfield. (laughs) It's just like like playing tiny little roles. It's funny. Adrian Brody's oh. on the team. Matthew McConaughey's on the team. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a little Joseph Gordon-Levitt when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's got uh, um, Christopher Lloyd and um, why, uh, why can't I remember his name? Um, you know, the boss, who's not the boss. Who's the, Tony Danza. Oh, Tony Danza. Definitively not oh, the right. boss. right, Tony but, Danza. You know. Oh, what a 90s movie. Yeah. Tony Danza and Christopher Wright. And Danny and Danny Glover. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a good movie. And and the dad is played by Dermot Mulroney, who I always say, um, I don't understand people who can't tell the difference between Dylan McDermott and Dermot Mulroney because Dermot Mulroney was in both My Best Friend's Wedding and uh, Angels in the Outfield, so he was just very important to me. (laughs) (laughs) They're both kind of like in the same the same realm of familiar obscurity, I feel, and they have very similar names. Yes, I under- I do understand how people, because they're like cast in similar roles and they're from a same similar era and they're both like the same level of famous where like mm-hmm. they sort of are, but you don't really know them well enough to know. I'd, one of them just happens to be in my favorite <laughs> things. Um, and so I'm just like, yeah. I know the difference between the two, um, but. I think my favorite things should be everyone's favorite things. Yes, that makes that's sense. Fundamental to my personality. <laughs> you know, even no matter how well I can distinguish certain actors and know that they are different in my brain, they're still the same. Like Jude Law and Ewan McGregor is a pairing. Cameron Diaz and Gwyneth Paltrow is another one. I could see um, that. Yeah. yeah. Well, like through most of my childhood, I th- literally thought they were the same person. Like now I know distinctly who they are, but they still meld together in my brain. Robert Redford and um, Paul, Newman. Paul Newman is you another one. earlier. I did. <laughs> yeah, there's just, oh, Toby, well, not really, but Toby Maguire and Jake Gyllenhaal, I think, are, were more Ooh, so. That's interesting. Not Toby Maguire and Topher Grace? No. No, no, no. Oh. I feel like yes. Toby Maguire and Jake Gyllenhaal is a different, that's different than everybody they're, else. They're a lot more different now, but back when they were kind of emerging, like when yeah, the, Octo- the October Sky uh, Spider-Man era was kind of when they were interchangeable. Mm, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But that has nothing to do with baseball, really. just felt the need to express that. I think those people are the same. Um, it's not important that we talk about baseball or this movie, because this movie, <laughs> unfortunately, there's not a lot to it. Um, I also do, I, I feel bad because I feel like this this kind of movie that's a, like there's a certain type of person who was their favorite movie. 
you know, yeah. just, like a, if you're in the right era and you loved baseball and you love, you just, you know, um, there's a kind of person who would like this movie so much. And it, it's so sentimental that it would like be really important to them. And I always hate, you know, stomping mm. all over that, but it's not a good movie. Like, and I just, come on kids. I'm sad. I saw this before, like a league of their own is another one. Or Field of Dreams. There are like so oh. many baseball movies that You've I wish. Have never seen I... A League of Their Own? No. Oh, okay. So no, like that's legit a great movie. A great really? Movie. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do like the cast. And wait, who's is it? Penny Marshall? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like, it's gonna be a win. Yeah. I think just baseball yeah. and old timey for whatever reason. That's a combo I'm not super interested in. So if Actually, within the first like five minutes of this movie, when I saw them all wearing old timey clothes with baseball bats, I was like, "Oh shit!" Right, it's one of these. Well, League but... of Their Own is women, and that does make a big difference. <laughs> okay. Um, it's also like there, there's so much story, like there's real structure to it, so you don't mm. have to. One of the problems with this movie is you had to really invest in whether or not they won the pennant, and like, who cares? Um, because there's always an, you know, there's always another seat. Well, they tried to up the stakes being like, it has to be this season. Um, but it just, who cares about mm. like whether or not they win a baseball game, but there's more of a story and characters and things happening in a league of their own that you care about. Um, okay. And Tom Hanks is there. And I know there's no different. crying in baseball. That's like yeah. my equivalent to you're killing me smalls. Yeah. Like, I know that like one line. Quote that you know that, yeah. Yes. It, there is so much crying in baseball. It's like, it's <laughs> a lot of crying. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a cry sport. Um, don't tell the alpha males I said so, but it is. Well, I'm sure there's lots of crying in all the sports. There is. I'm just, I'm being forced to watch The Last Dance, and I'm, I just finished the eighth episode where he, like, falls on the ground sobbing and, like, convulsing. I was like, okay, there's crying and everything. What sport is the last dance? Oh, it's the one about Michael Jordan. So basketball. Oh, okay. Basketball. It's a Netflix sensation that's like not very well made, but all the people who remember, like they grew up in the 90s watching basketball and so they love Uh, it. So it's very nostalgic. I don't know. No, I I prefer to watch. What? Who's the villain of the year? On in terms of like TV TV characters, Michael Jordan's the villain of the year. He's so mean. Really? <laughs> so mean. Yeah, he's not. I don't like him. Well, no. I like Steve Kerr. Uh, I like Dennis Rodman. Weirdly, I don't know. I don't know no. why we're talking about this, but <laughs> Last Dance is very frustrating. Okay. Well, I wasn't going to watch it, but I definitely am not going to watch it now. Yeah. I still have to make my way through The Floor is Lava if we're talking Netflix cues. I am watching The Floor is Lava. I don't know why, <laughs> but I was, I was doing, the other night I was going through um, a bunch of Shakespeare plays, breaking down the cast so that I'm like ahead of the game for the coming weeks. And The Floor is Lava was a perfect thing to have on the background. I'm not uh, yeah. a background watcher. If I'm watching something, I'm like paying attention, maybe playing Tetris, but I'm not mm-hmm. like, I can't do two things that involve words most of the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, Flores Lava is excellent thing to just like have playing so that you're not paying attention at all. But then every once in a while you're like, Hey, the Chesterfield. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's what this movie was for me. (laughs) Hey, he made it to the major, except he started in the majors. It made no sense. 
Um, and then, then they win shot. the at the end, which old timey movies love to talk about, like winning the pennant. Um, but winning the pennant is like the thing you do before you go to the World Series. So it means you're one oh. of the two best teams of the year. And I always find it so funny that they end their their narratives. Angels and Yetfield does the same thing. It's all about winning the pennant. I'm just like, mm. but so they won their division, basically. Or not their division, but they won their league. But they still have to win. They still haven't won the World Series yet. Like, there's still another seven games. You know, I think I prefer that dramatically. Because if you want to focus on a story that's beyond the sport, which is what I would hope would be the focus of any sports-based movies for people like me who don't care about the actual sport, then the stakes are still high enough for it to be like the second to last like thing that you're aiming for. Like if it was just the world series, I think then more of the narrative would have to focus specifically on that as opposed to it just being like a secondary goal as opposed to it being like the focus of the film would be my thought, but also eh. I'm fine if I never see another baseball movie. Well, minus the League of Their Own and Sandlot. Yeah, it's not baseball's fault that The Natural's not a great movie. Um, okay. <laughs> baseball was wronged in the making of this movie. <laughs> Quite dramatically. And I say this as someone who like fully does acknowledge that hockey is not represented well in D3 The Mighty Ducks or any of The Mighty mm-hmm. Ducks movies. Um, like, what they their little shtick stuff would not work. Like it doesn't make literal sense with the rules of hockey. I do know this. Um, and I love them anyway. But I just think like on a thematic level, they wasted a lot of what baseball is and it didn't make sense to me. Um, too bad, really. I was really looking forward to it. I don't know who whose list this was on, but it was on someone's list who did not show up to this call. So shame. shame on them. They made us watch this. <laughs> <laughs> um, alas, who knows what, what what's next? Let's let's look up what's yeah, next. Let's see. Let's look next? towards the future here. Um, Shawshank. Oh, that's a good movie. That'll be. Oh, fun. I do like Shawshank. Yeah, I think I do. I've seen it once, and I remember liking it more than not. And. Let's, I feel like it's the general world consensus that's one of the best movies ever. So, but it but it is so without being like it's like a populist choice as mm-hmm. one of the best movies ever. It like tops the IMDb favorites movies, not like the AFI list of a hundred mm. best movies, which I always okay. take issue with. Like the quote unquote best movies, oh, yeah, um, Citizen Kane. And, yeah, like but the beloved movies. That I'm that I'm cool with, um, and Shawshank is like it's entertaining, which I find a lot of prestige movies are not entertaining. Um, they're hard to watch and miserable, and that's why people think they're good because they're intimidated by them. Um, but Shawshank, I seem to remember thinking, is like genuinely, like well-made, entertaining, affecting. Yeah, watch me hate it. Who knows? I hate everything yeah. these days. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited. That seems like a very dependable thing. Yes. Watch next. Cleanse the palate from yeah. this. I remember when I watched it the first time, I was right out of York. And so I was trying to be extra film schooly critical with everything I watched. And I told my friend whose favorite movie it was something like, it was good, but I, with the uh, portrayal of the main character, because I felt like whoever it was, like, I can't even remember his name. We don't know yeah, his name. Do you? Yes. I felt like there was a disconnect 
story-wise between the audience and him that I couldn't get over that impeded me from liking the film. I don't remember exactly what that disconnect was, but something felt off that felt a little like unreliable narrator-ish. So I'm curious to see if that still holds true or if I was just trying to annoy someone by out-filming them. Well, I think I'm going to try and go into it with the view of like, this is definitely not a perfect movie. I just want it to be an enjoyable movie. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm looking for. I don't need it to be, to live up to some sort of best moniker mm-hmm. is going to be my attitude because I want to set myself up to like it. Thank God for Matilda because I haven't liked anything yes. in a while. I liked oh, Matilda totally and so I liked good. the thing about the flat earthers. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you like my best friend's wedding. That was so long ago. And also that That's was me true. programming my best friend's wedding because I knew I love it. And I was like, I That's just need true. to talk about something I love. Um, <laughs> which let's face it was also why Matilda was on the list. I'm just, so every once in a while I throw in something just so I get to gush about happy yeah. things. But, oh no, wasn't Matilda on my list though? It might've been, but I didn't program your whole list. Oh, okay. Oh, you didn't? Oh, I thought you did. I might have. I mean, I mean, I went through everybody's list, checked, double-checked whether they were on Netflix, and then pulled out anything I didn't feel like watching or didn't like uh, or whatever. Um, your list was like a pretty happy, nice list, which I appreciated. Um, whereas like the person who suggested we watch Marriage Story, I was like, pass. I've seen that. I'm not watching that again. That was not fun for me. So, yeah. Whereas you're like, can we please watch Willy Wonka? And I'm like, yes, we can. Yes. I think Willy Wonka is a legitimately very well-made movie. As is Matilda. Yeah. I agree. Things don't have to be dreary to be good. It's true. And Wonka has so much like depth and darkness to it that I very strongly appreciate, but won't get into that until, what, when is that? That's not for like another month, is it? Yeah, it's not for schedule. a while. It's sometime in July. Anyway. Oh, too far. Uh, R.I.P. The Natural. Um, yeah. That was, there we go. We talked for 45 minutes about things that aren't really The Natural. Um, kind of came back, back and forth. If you liked The Natural, let us know why. I always am looking to hear why people love things that I didn't quite connect with. Um, yep. Maybe you can talk me into it. You never know. Um, probably not. But you might be able to. <laughs> it's tough, maybe. So get back to me on that. Imagine if this is a movie that Steve loved and he just like writes to you with all his reasons. <laughs> he wrote that he wasn't coming today, but if no one showed up, I could message him and we could record our own tomorrow. Very <laughs> sweet of him, but I, I wonder if that means he liked the movie. I don't know if he's like a baseball kind of fella he's definitely like an opera and classical ballet kind of fella but i don't know that's why i think it would just be and also just since he's usually a lot more critical i would find it really entertaining if this is a movie that he loved unabashedly and then like had (laughs) and then would probably have like not i don't well i guess legitimate reasons but like reasons that would actually make me reconsider my current stance on this Mm -hmm. I doubt he does. Maybe if I'll ask him if he has really strong opinions, maybe I'll have him record a little thing and we'll tack it on the end of this yeah. before I put it out. Um, anyway, 